Good evening, everyone, and welcome back to The Front Porch. My name is Dennis Rogers, and as always, I'm joined by Michael Daniels. How's it going this week, Mike? It's going great, Dennis. How are you doing this week after the long memorial holiday? Yeah, not uh, not too bad. Just just got uh, off the road. What's the expression for that? Off know. the road. Yeah, I you guess. Like, I guess right. like uh, <laughs> half half an hour ago. It's about it's about a four hour drive from Bloomington back home, and uh, I extended that by making several uh, long stops along the way. But uh, not too bad, all in all. A lot of rain, yeah, which which makes the trip longer as people slow down and in the oh, really, yeah in the really the heavy road spray. Rain. That's just just today. I, I don't know how it was where you were driving in, but most of the day today was the Hurricane Alberto, tropical depression, whatever that was that came up mm, this way, mm-hmm. and and it was here. It was lightly windy. I think it got up to like twenty miles per hour, but that's nothing. And then, um, but it was all spitting kind of rain. Uh, yeah. Just, so that was. I, I had driving both of that. Like the worst. I had that most of the way with patches of like just torrential downpour where you have to slow down and you kind of run the risk of hydroplaning and. Oh really? So it got that bad? Okay, where you're at? Okay, you like ran you, through uh, some. You doing some dishes over there? What's what's going on? Did I d- dinging some stuff? Yeah. No, I <laughs> just had some some bottles that I was putting over into the trash can. So. So he- right healthy, at, good water bottles. Sure, your your glass, your glass, my water, glass water bottles. Your water empties. Yes, fresh um, from the Denver Springs. Yeah. So of Germany. But before I forget, uh, we did both go and see Solo: colon, A Star Wars Story uh, this Holden, past weekend. Yes. Uh, we did. We're gonna save that for next week. I think you said uh, your buddy Bill wants to come on and and yep. talk about it with us. Sure, absolutely. So, he, he'd been he'd been wanting to do that for a while, and 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 uh, since he's a big Star Wars guy, and he and I have always shared a lot of Star Wars stuff, that'd be great. Yeah, yeah. So stay tuned till next week for that uh, that Star Wars talk. So how was your uh, your holiday weekend for for our U.S. listeners? It was Memorial Day this weekend. I don't think we have any not U.S. listeners, but I just had to say that. Um, <laughs> so we had the three day weekend. I know I. As mentioned last week, I traveled down to Columbia, Tennessee, just outside Nashville, and spent the time with my, like, half of my family. Yeah. What about so you? You've got some, you've got people in North, you've got all over the country. You've got Northern Indiana. Well, yeah, uh, with Idaho. With, with David and, and David Florida. and his family down in Florida, we're, we're hitting all the, all the regions. Nevada. No. <laughs> no. In, no. Mo- mostly Indiana, uh. One Michigan, two Tennessee, two Florida, and two, three-ish in Idaho. It's only two now because Andrew is moving back to Indiana. And um, Sarah, my sister, is somewhere in the the Sierra Nevadas? I don't know. She's on the Pacific Crest Trail, as I mentioned uh, a, few, a few months ago. She's hiking that trail, so I don't have no idea where. So, she is. so she's all the way out, out east. Is that what it is? East as along the west coast, starting in west San coast. Diego so, right. and going up to I was on the wrong Washington trail. somewhere. Yeah, all that's the Ooh, that's gonna be so fun. The Appalachian Trail is the one you're thinking of that runs through. Uh, that's what I was thinking of, right? Runs through the south. So, um. So what'd you do? That's this weekend. What I do. 
Not not a whole ton. I mean, I went I went out and um, I went out with a friend and went to the a winery that was here, um, which was really fun. I'd never been to Owen County Winery before. Hmm. Uh, there's also a sculpture garden, um, kind of sculpture trail, which I, I wasn't used to, but um, heard about it and it was really kind of cool. So it was hmm. right in that area, um, and really really and actually really really enjoyed that. Um, it's kind of interesting. I, I'm not necessarily always an art guy, but I can really be I appreciate a lot of it. And sure, you know, it depends on what it is. Uh, but seeing some of the stuff out there, and, and you know, they literally it's a long trail through the woods, that kind of a self guided thing, and that was really fun. And the winery stuff was good, and the cheese, and you know, <laughs> a, a beautiful day. It was it really was a beautiful weekend. So yeah, we had and we then had some and, nice some nice weather. It was um, it was actually a little bit cooler down in Tennessee than it was up here in Indiana. I saw temps uh, Saturday. Was it Saturday? Whenever the race was, the 500. Mm. It was like mm. it was like in the low 90s up here. And in Tennessee, it was like mid-80s, which is mm. unusual. Yeah, it was, it was, it was about mid-80s here. So, and I remember when we, we were out at the, at the winery, it was... Um, it was kind of nice. It was really nice out. I don't want to say it was uh, early afternoon mm-hmm. um, into the evening. So it started to get hot, but then we went, went on the trail and it wasn't so bad. Sure. Um, get in the woods a little bit. Oh, yeah, yeah. But it, like I said, it was, it was really it was a really nice weekend to do stuff. And now the Indy 500 is here in um, Indiana, obviously, where, where we we record at. Um, I'm, I've never been a big race fan. I have tried. Yeah, I... Um, I haven't even really tried. Um, I, I did. I, 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 back in, I, back I have a hard college. time mustering enthusiasm for quote-unquote real sports. And so <laughs> guys long. guys driving a car, I mean, you know, I I respect esports and have watched some of that. So I'm not, that's why I put quotes. Like, I understand it takes it takes physical skill and dexterity to, to drive those cars, especially the open-wheeled, cars and in, in that in that format it's more like a um uh what's the word i'm looking for it's arduous and uh it's a it's a war of attrition right it's like yeah. the, the guys the guys that have a chance at winning are just the ones or and there was at least one female um driver are the ones that manage to you know make 200 laps without wrecking yeah which, yeah. which was something that i didn't realize before my brother-in-law put it on while he was uh uh grilla he smoked uh brisket saturday oh. so well i mean it, it's exciting i i i will say that much i i've been the thing about it is it's difficult to watch in any in any way like whether you're there or you're on tv it's still kind of you know small moves the same kind mm-hmm. of stuff you're watching the same thing happen the entire time so it's difficult it's kind of like watching golf i enjoy playing golf even though i'm not good at it but you can right. that's something i can do but i can't watch it and couldn't stand watching it at all um with racing especially indycar racing there's just nothing that's entertaining to me now i went to back in college i went to college in two different phases but my first phase of college right out of high school um mm-hmm. i was uh in the marching band for the isu sycamores and they marched, they played the national anthem, or we played the national anthem for the inaugural, inaugural and the first, at least the first four Brickyard 400s. Um, and I got, to, I got the pleasure, I guess, of, of playing for that. So I figured if I'm going to go to this big, huge 
NASCAR event at the Indy 500 and be able to go and be there, I, I should at least know what I'm talking about, know what I'm doing, and, and appreciate it, kind of take it all in. But mm-hmm. I, it was, you know, everyone's going to say this, and I'll say it, I'll repeat it. It's just, yeah. you know, yeah. it's, it's just well, so, when you're sitting there, you just can't see anything. And it's, and it's even, this is a, a thing I say a lot, because the, the only sport that I was able to maintain interest in for any extended period of time is uh, NFL football. And um, the thing that I appreciate about football, and I know this will sound ridiculous, especially to people who are not into sports at all, is that it's very like strategic and thoughtful. Um, I know it doesn't seem that way because it's, you know, 11 guys slamming into each other, but it's it's thoughtful and it's executed in um it's um it's metered if that makes any sense it's like baseball yeah. but baseball is also very boring um golf right. I, golf i think is the same way like it's slow but the action all happens on a on a sort of pattern on a schedule where racing watching the racing to me felt like trying to watch basketball or soccer, or hockey, and at least basketball, like, there's always something happening. It's small enough with five versus five and and the ball in the court and everything. Um, yeah. Where soccer feels just like, it's just like racing. It's like a bunch of guys, and they're kicking the ball around and back and forth, and they never score, right? And... What whatever I don't I don't like soccer. yeah I mean I'm, I'm sorry the, but I used to be I used to, I used to be a big like hater on the low score games and, like hockey and, and so soccer, so that's my my thing with there. the low scoring but the thing that I the point I was trying to make with the metering is um, basketball and 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 soccer and and it seems like racing to an extent like you have to be staring at it all the time because if you if you look away. Like you're gonna miss it, and now you know <laughs> you're gonna miss the the one big thing. You'll moment, you'll right? miss you know the guy you know losing his losing his back wheels in the turn and spinning out, and now he's out. And of course, if it's on TV, you'll see the replays and everything. But it's still like still. like you have to be right. staring at the action all the time. And I'm like, I just I don't have the attention span for that. True. Well, here here in Indiana, and I'm sure at a lot of places that, that are anywhere near the racetracks. It's how do I say this politely? You know where I'm going here. It's 50, 80 percent of the people maybe aren't there to actually watch the race. They're to there to drink and to um, have a big party. So the mm. the Indianapolis 500, the greatest spectacle in racing, is definitely also a huge drunken fest, which is just a massive party. People get there at four in the morning just to bring their coolers into the infield. And, <laughs> and uh, so it's, I mean, it, it's really, that's what it is. And people live for it every year. This is their Gen Con. This well, is their and big I, moment to, to go and party I, with it. I can't judge that lifestyle too hard because when I lived in no. town, um, I have been to dozens of IU football tailgates. Um, our friends yeah. have an awesome vintage rv they call hoosier gold and i kickstarted yep. their uh uh renovation kickstarter mm-hmm. and As did I. i've never watched iu play football <laughs> like it, really the the tailgate is just an excuse you know a lot of people nope, a lot of our friends right. a lot of our friends are there to watch the game but it's really just yep. a convenient excuse where like everyone's gonna get together and we're gonna drink beer outside yeah yeah 
It, it, it's funny with every time we go to tailgating year after year uh, at the Hoosier Gold. Uh, before the game, there's uh, oh that Hoosier Gold has I don't know fifty people. Could have fifty people that are coming in and going through that place, and it's a big crowd. And then as soon as the game starts. It gets down to our core group of friends almost every time, and the rest of us just sit there and drink the rest we, of the, the whole. The we whole game, we, so. we maybe bust out a board game, conduct <laughs> right. air or something. Right, right. Just right in the middle of a uh, of a football game, and, and that's what we right, do. right. But yeah, so anyway, yeah, I agree. You, I, I, it's not that I'm I'm I, I don't definitely don't judge that kind of things because I've got friends and and family members who who go to the five hundred for that kind of stuff. But the the point is is that they're not necessarily race fans. They're just part of the race spectacle. And yeah. I think that's a key word when they say it's the greatest spectacle in racing because it's just a thing <laughs> you have to see. You, know, you just have yeah. to be there and yeah. be around it. You know, it's it's a quite it's again, it's like Gen Con. You know, India is really growing that kind of experiences these days that you just have to be there to understand it. And the five hundreds like that. But well, yeah, uh, the long and- short of that is that I, I didn't really watch any of that. That was Sunday. I didn't I didn't participate in any way, I didn't go to mm-hmm, carb day. Mm-hmm. To, but I, after a Saturday and it was such a big long day, then Sunday I was wiped and I just kind of wrecked and crashed most of Sunday. Mm-hmm. Uh, Monday, Sydney comes back from, she was down at her mom's. So I had to get up after being wrecked on, you know, <laughs> resting on Sunday. I get up early morning and drove early, early, early to pick her up and then drove down and she had gotten kind of a little sick and she had to be up at four in the morning to catch her flight. Mm. So she slept all day. And most of the day I was just taking care of my kid the whole sure, day sure. was just like sick kid, sick kid, sick kid. And then trying to do house things. And um, so it, it, it wasn't as exciting as I'd hoped it to be, but I enjoyed it. You know, I sometimes having that home time. Oh, I did get to play Horizon Zero Dawn a little bit this weekend. Yeah, I I remember that because I I was hoping that you would get me the edited file from last week before I left <laughs> on family holiday weekend, and you finally right. got it to me like Saturday night or something. <laughs> yeah. it, it was it was one of those like I am not going to go this entire holiday memorial weekend where I can do whatever I want and not at least play a game one time. Sure. I've got yeah, stacks. It just stacks. It just for me meant I had to duck out of a family time for like forty five minutes and or maybe <laughs> more like an hour to listen to listen through the episode of Mark Chapters. Faster. So I do that's, like uh, that's why the, the, that's why last the, week's episode wasn't up until Tuesday. I do like uh, to hear our listeners hear that the background of some of the stuff that we do w- with this show is that, uh, like, periodically I can tell when you're 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 listening to it because then you'll shoot out little texts or messages every once in a while. Like, why did we say this? Oh, I'll what s- did I I'll say when you, I did this? Send you quotes when uh, yeah. right, and, and I'm and that's exactly like when when you're. I know that. Oh, he's he's watching. He's editing through his, I'm, his I'm edits there. Right. I mean, I do the same thing. I guess. That's, yeah. It's funny that well, process that well, we have. If there's anything I know about podcasting, it's that listeners love when hosts talk about the show on the show. That's, right. That's that's sarcastic. Well, anyway, um, <laughs> so so I spent the weekend with my family, and I got a surprising amount of gaming in because we drove okay. we drove down Friday, and um, David and my dad my dad went with David back to Florida. Um, so that he can help him uh, put new windows in his house. And then my sister-in-law okay. and their two girls came back up north with mom and my other sisters. And she's staying with 
um, her family for a couple weeks. Um, I'm not, I, I think she just wanted to, you know, they're, her family live about an hour from my parents here where I am. And so, uh-huh. you know, it was just, just convenient way it worked out. But anyway, um, so we all got in kind of late Friday night and then they left first thing Sunday morning. Um, so we really only had like a day of, um, or did they, yeah, I think, no, it was Monday morning. So we had two days. Um, and there's always the, like, who wants to do what? And most of the, the girls went shopping. A couple of them wanted to, wanted to go shopping. And so then it's, well, we'll stay at the house with the kids and then we can sort of play a game, but every so often somebody has to go deal with either either too much noise or too much silence. Um, okay. My uh, <laughs> my youngest nephew is four, and um, David's older girl is two, and so they're right in that age where, like, if they're interested in whatever you put on TV for them, they'll be all right, but... You, you never know. Right. But anyway, that's more more background than you needed, more context. But uh, we played two games of Pandemic Legacy Season 1. And... Oh. And, Wait. You, you're... you're that, That's not like... Correct me if I'm wrong. That's not like game one or month one, month two. You've, you've, that's your ongoing rolling game, right? Yeah. It's, um, it's a little bit... Um, well, it's a lot different from the way you guys down in Bloomington are playing it because I bought it with the intention of playing it with my dad and brothers when we're all together. And we're all right. so spread out now that I bought it Christmas of 16. Okay. I think. And we, this past weekend, played March. And if... Okay. if if the listeners have never played Pandemic Legacy, it's split up into a calendar year. Um, each new game, by default, is is the early part of a month. And if you win, you go to the next month. If you lose, you play a second game in that month. Like, you get two attempts right. at every sort of quest or whatever. How, so how so you for March, you could have either played between three and six games. Um. Or if you started March, it'd be between two and four. Starting starting March, we had played three. So we lost our first okay. game um, and then won late January <laughs> right. and won early February. Um, you, you lost basic we, pandemic, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, like, after that, we saw the, the thing in the rule book where they're like, if you've never played pandemic or it's been a while, just use the board to play a regular game first to refamiliarize yourself with the rules. We failed right. to do that. But... Anyway, um, <laughs> we we lost early March and then won late March. Um, okay. And it's a slightly different, like in January, February, I think we had Andrew. And in March, f- February, m- March, I, I forget exactly. But it was uh, David, Phil, and Dad and I. And then, um, so that's, that's that. I don't want to get into too much more too much more detail about that game we've we've talked about it before it's it's a good game i like it i know you you guys had simultaneous season one and season two 
groups going and uh and you both finished yesterday yeah that's that's actually the big news on that topic is that last last tuesday yesterday last night um when you happen to be passing through town we had a we've been playing uh, our, our group was a group of i can't remember when you were here maybe it was six and that we had a regular group and now it's it's gone down it's gone back and forth from being between six to four at times and then eight at a certain times actually got to seven and then we couldn't when we played D&D mm-hmm. and we couldn't support it once we finished D- our D&D campaign yeah because we, we like these like, most, long legacy most legacy things. games like maybe five maybe six but most of them are four right player. right right so so we we were we're kind of torn on what we were going to do and uh our buddy Mike Trotsky who is it, he hosts it at his house has had came with the idea well maybe we can support two groups on on the same night because we have enough friends that want to do it and we always have a lot of people that want to want to be part of the the Tuesday game night but we just don't have the games and it's very limited right um so uh we uh he just said let's let's try this and see how it works and we'll see if anyone wants to play pandemic like season one and we will play season two because our buddy Pat who was all who was part of the group then had never played season one um, and the other guys had so our original group started season two. Uh, that would be for our listeners who know our, our people. It's uh, Zon, myself, Pete, and uh, Mike Trotsky was in season one, and then the season two was uh, Pat, which has been on the show. Chris, Captain Chris, has been on the show, and two people that we uh, haven't talked a lot about is Justin and Marcus, good friends of ours, mm-hmm. and uh, they started season one. So we started at the same time, and oddly enough. We've lost and won different amounts, but we ended at the same time, and we we both won. And, I guess. And if you and if it. you recall, I was in town on the Tuesday when you guys started. Really? Yeah. Wow. I like capping I, it on both sides, huh? I I subbed in for Chris for uh, the first game in January, which was fun. Wow! Wow! Well, my my quick review of that, without spoilerish for you, and I'll make it short, was that. Uh, uh, I was not a great big fan of season two. It's fine. It's just a fine game. Uh, season one, it felt like there was a lot of, you know, from month to month, say every, at least every three months, there was a new thing that you would unlock or open that would mm-hmm. cha- drastically change the board, change the game. There's big mechanics, new things added always. So it, it that game really, really evolved. This game, it didn't evolve hardly at all until late late in the year and then it happened really fast everything else was kind of they railroaded you into well if you didn't get this thing that changed the game we're just going to give it to you because you failed and we're just going to give it to you so you didn't really feel like you made the world or or you changed and then right um when you play when you play pandemic legacy as much as i love it i I do love these two games in general and i would recommend people who can do it do it um Mm -hmm. it, it there's no beating it it's weird it's like if you play 24 games, you still finish the game. There's You can't lose the game, really. Oh, I the, see what you're saying. Yeah, because yeah. Season 1 has the, the sort of catch-up mechanic where you get more funding for every game you lose. And then there's the yes. the mystery box number 8 that you open if you lose four in a row. I, yes. I can't imagine losing, and maybe it gets more difficult, but like... We've never lost two in a row. I mean, we've played well. We've played five and lost two, so I guess you know we're almost at fifty percent right. losses there. But well, season two has the exact the exact same things. You know, if you lose four in a row and it's got catch up mechanics. Now, season two was a bit more difficult 
it was a more difficult game and we blew the doors off of season one pretty hard Mm -hmm. but season two we did lose three in a row and we were on the verge of losing that fourth one Mm. and then so we lost all of april we lost the end of march all of it was no it was all of april and then the beginning of may um so we we lost three then that was that was pretty hard hard for us to to accept that but anyway um it had it does have a catch up mechanics, but it doesn't matter. Even if you you could lose every yeah. game and still finish the game. So that's interesting. I, don't know if, I mean, you can say you, I, you I don't it. know. How, I don't know how you could do it any other way because, like other co op games, you can lose. But I mean, what do you do with a game that's that's legacy that you can lose? Like you lose, and now you have to buy another copy to start over. That would be. That would feel worse, I think. Yeah, I, yeah, I agree. Well, th- they could make it where you just get stuck on the thing and you have to beat it or have to do right. something. You have to do whatever. That, that's you, that's how you most just, video games work. Is you can't continue. You can't go past right Super Mario World three one until you or can't go to two until you yeah, beat three like one. You, you just have to. Like you just you can't advance to May until you beat March. Or right, which or I, that's April. the way it should be. So, so both both games, and this is kind of a spoilery, but not really to both of these seasons, is that at the very end, one of the last boxes or packets or whatever that you might open up is a scorecard that says, here's how you figure up your score and how you did. So you can okay. go online and see your score of those that reported, of course, mm. and see and see where you, how you rank. Which and then they give you a little rank sheet that they think if you scored above this you're really good or mm. between this and this you're <laughs> mediocre. So sure, if you like, if you're a fan of high scoreboards, yeah, fine. You know, fine. Uh, and we did ours, and this one the first time we we got the highest uh, in the highest rank category that you could get. This this one on season two we got the second highest. We did not get the highest one because we lost those ones. That reminds um, me. That makes me think of damage meters in WoW. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're just paying attention so you can min-max the game. But well, the, the other side of that is that you don't know what you're scoring for. Like you really uh, don't. And and yeah. and we we knew it. We all knew it. Especially since we played season one, we all knew what was going to happen. And I know that was a driving force for our buddy Pete when we're playing. Is that everything he wanted to do was to make sure that we optimized every little thing so we didn't screw any little thing. Right. Um, so that at the end we we're, we're sure that this is going to be a ding us on points and that'll give us more points. I know he was thinking of that a lot through the whole whole time. Um, so yeah, that was a damage meter esque type thing. But honestly, to me, it didn't it didn't matter. But I guess that mm-hmm. was the biggest thing, and there was nothing that had weight in in season two. I see. Um, but so anyway, so, we're moving so we, on from that. So we shouldn't rush through season one, is what you're trying to say? No, no, enjoy it. It's it's fun. <laughs> season one is fun. Uh, but so we're next week. We're going to take a, a week off and play normal games in our our game group and have a big game night, which sounds really fun. Um, but then we're going to discuss where it look, sounds like we're going to play. Um, we played a whole when Imperial Assault first came out, the Star Wars Imperial mm-hmm, Assault. We played mm-hmm. a, a whole bunch of that. The campaign, matter of fact, it was so good that we played it twice with different. Uh, like they have GMs who play the Empire um, right. and different characters. So that was really, really fun. And we had stopped when an expansion came out to play other games. Um, now we'd recently looked and saw that there's like, it's Fantasy Flight. So there's going to be a ton of stuff. They have tons of expansions, tons of campaigns, and a whole mo- bunch of options that go along. 
Um, and we really loved the game, so that we're going to go back and revisit that again and continue on with a new thing. Um, and since we're playing two groups, we're going to do Gloomhaven, which is a huge thing mm-hmm, to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and Trotsky has both of those games, and we're going to ha- just... And unlike before, when we had these two games, uh, groups going where we know who is in what group, it's going to be different because we all want to play both of them. Yeah, there's some... Uh, so next week, we're going to discuss how those work. And, and it kind of sets you up for a period of time however long it takes you to get through stuff, you know, you're, you're with your group and that's yeah. what you're playing from week to week. So, um, but it's exciting. I, I love the fact that, that I am, I feel like I'm privileged for people out there who, who enjoy games and, and want to play games. I know one of the most difficult things is getting people together to do it, especially on a regular basis. So yeah, I feel very fortunate that I can take advantage and play all these legacy games and really get the full feeling of all of them. So that's, you want to say blessed? That's seriously that's the hashtag blessed type thing <laughs> to, to be able to hashtag do that. Hashtag blessed. And I'm looking forward to the to the new stuff. Um, yeah, anyway. for sure. So um, the other thing, try to decide what order to tell this news. So today on on the drive back, well, before I left town, I met up with uh, with some of the guys for lunch, and then I popped into uh, the Game Preserve, which is the local uh, board game store in Bloomington, and um, I wanted to see if they had any uh, Lord of the Rings LCG packs of any kind, because I like because sure. I like to support local business, whatever. And um, I didn't fully appreciate how small that store is. Like it's right on the square. It's in a great location. I used to, you know, pop in there, walking from place to place because there's a, a wide uh, pedestrian base in Bloomington. And uh, they didn't have any like the they they had at some point, but most of it has been um, supplanted by Arkham Horror LCG. Uh, LCG, I didn't know they had an LCG. Yeah, it's sure. It's the new the newer uh, Fantasy Flight LCG that's uh, PVE co-op. And I was like, I was like, okay. oh, that's interesting. And of course, since playing Lord of the Rings one, like I'm more, I'm all the more interested in all the other ones. They had, um, they also had Game of Thrones. I don't think they had any Netrunner, which those are the, those are the main. I think those are all Fantasy Flight. Um, and so, uh, you know, I'm like, well, they don't have any. Okay, great. And they always do like offer to order it for me but i'm in town so seldom there's no point in that so um i went on my way and he had mentioned that they might have some in their other stores and i know i knew that they had one in the north side of indy in the um keystone at the crossing fashion mall oh right but it's it's kind of way out of my way driving home and so i just put into google maps and it it told me the one in greenwood which is southeast of Indy. It's very exciting for our listeners. Um, <laughs> it was like it was like fourteen minute detour, and I'm like I'm like all right. Well, I'll put it in the map, and because even though I know the route, I put it in Google Maps anyway just to keep track of the time. Um, you know what time I'll get home and whatever. And uh, I was like, I'll put it in there, and you know maybe i'll swing in maybe i'll just keep going depending on traffic whatever and it was getting pretty close to rush hour so i took the took the detour went over there and that store has so much space like they they've leased the space next to them 
that's just a big open room full of tables like you would see at Gen Con, where people are just playing stuff. Oh, okay. It's I mean, that's kind of cool, though. Yeah, it's, it's a gigantic space compared to the Bloomington store. And they had a whole section of living card games. And so I got... Man, I'm not going to remember the name of it now. I think it's the newest um, Saga expansion. So okay. for for anybody who doesn't play the game, we, we I don't know, we explain this Lord of the Rings. You've not, you, then you've not been hearing the, this show you, for the last month, Yeah, right? we, we've been talking <laughs> about. Um, the way that the content for the Lord of the Rings LCG works is there's the core set. Then there are deluxe expansions which are big big boxes with about as many cards maybe not quite as many as the core um and then after each of those deluxe expansions they have an adventure pack an adventure pack cycle um which is a set of a sequence of six adventure packs um and those are one quest with its encounter cards and some player cards that go with it and there are six of those then they also have saga expansions which are somewhere in between those two um and they are um they're specific stories taken out of the main four books as i understand it um the other thing they do is uh nightmare decks which are just harder versions of existing adventures uh quests yeah okay um, so I got that, I got that adventure pack and then I was looking in the sort of back corner where they have all their clearance stuff tucked away. And that's when I sent you pictures of the, the versus system. And I was just looking through that and I didn't even realize that they had a, um, a plastic tote like bin full of LCG expansions. Well, expansions, they were all adventure pack sized things which are like it's like a deck like one deck of cards like 50 ish cards in a in a plastic thing and they were half okay. off they were marked half off right yeah and you so, sh- i think you sent me a picture yeah of i did and so I, I i dug through this whole box and it was full of like mostly game of thrones but also some star wars some netrunner yeah i say a lot of star wars on there um i don't think i saw i don't think i saw any arkham horror but um and and I saw a handful of nightmare decks, but I don't really have any interest in that. I think the game is difficult enough um, <laughs> right, as it like is. Nightmare decks. But I was able to find three of the um, adventures that come after. I think it's the Haradrim is the latest uh, deluxe expansion. So the okay. the way that works is um, like in my set, I have. Uh, Kazat Dune, which is the first deluxe expansion, and all six adventures in the Dwerodelf cycle. Um, you need the cards from the deluxe expansion to play the adventures in the cycle that came after it. So right. I can't actually play these until I get that deluxe, but they were half off, so they were like seven dollars instead of fourteen dollars. Right, um, but I, I forget. Don't don't you get a few player cards or a character? You do. You do. As well? you do. So there's always that. There, there is always that. And at some point, I'll get that deluxe expansion. I'm like, I can't, I can't pass up half off, uh, 
half-off packs. So I did that. Right. I, I mean, a... I know I've, I, I've intentionally bought some ahead out of order just so that I could get the character cards. Sure, sure. I mean, for sure. Because um, that's what I wanted. So so anyway, that was my sort of excitement. Uh, good good note for the for the drive home. Yeah, no um, kidding. I, I saw I, when I saw that I'd seen that you had posted. I mean, the the bin, and when I zoomed in on some of those, there was a lot of um, Star Wars force force packs in there, which is what they call mm-hmm. their, theirs. And yeah. those are those are really great. And I I do love that game. It's a two player game. Um, and at Gen Con at the store, the auction store, like the last two years, they have people are just unloading those like crazy. And there's always a ton for pretty cheap. I'd say like three dollars yeah. or something, but it's the real problem I have is I, I'm sitting in in there and I can look over there across my shoulder now and I still see like two big boxes like what kind of like what you the saga <laughs> expansions that are unopened and yeah. extra two or three force packs that I haven't opened because I'm the only one that has it and right. I can you know I can make decks for the other people but uh that's one of those that's one of those problems you know great games but you just got so, people to have it so I was pretty excited to uh, to take this game down. Um, David had played it before when he was living in Lafayette. One of his buddies, it was like his big game, and he had um, you know like spreadsheets to organize the cards and all that. Which I'm like, what did he need a spreadsheet for? Just use RingsDB. But who knows? <laughs> um, <laughs> hey, spreadsheets, maybe, you like them? Maybe he got into it, you know, back in 2012 before that site was around or something. But um, so we played, I actually got to experience playing with other people this game. Um, ooh, excuse me. Um, David had played before. And so we got, he and I, and my brother-in-law, Phil, who is huge into Lord of the Rings and, uh, and my dad. And so we're like, okay, just, just fair warning. This game is pretty hard and very complicated it's not it's not you know you get it but it it takes it takes a while um and so we the way we played is i sorted the cards back out into the original four starter decks the 30 card monosphere uh starter decks okay and we each just picked one i ended up playing spirit um which is the it's sort of right it's sort it's of heavy it's heavy questing because you've got right, yeah you've got uh the original Eowyn. and um and and we went through the first quest and it was such a different experience uh, the the other thing we did to make it less hard is we didn't use shadow cards um that's cuz like we started and David was like oh we didn't use shadow cards when we played and I'm like, okay, we can do oh, that. Well, that's, it'll be, that, that's, it'll be yeah. easier. But right. even even though it was easier, like turning over four cards in the in the quest staging phase really like changes the feel of it entirely. Um I mean you do get the sense of like okay, we've got a combined twelve heroes you know, and, and however many allies to, to do questing with. So we'll be all right. Like Phil had Legolas. So we'd always try to get him, um, in on a kill shot so he could put progress on the quest. Sure. But you're like, you have no idea what could come out in terms of, um, treachery cards or, 
a bunch of monsters when you're turning over so many cards every time. It's totally different than solo, right? It's it's totally different, but you get to use a lot of the cool mechanics that don't factor into single player, like who is the first player? What decisions uh-huh. do they have to make? Do your do your, any of your characters have sentinel or ranged? Um, oh yeah, Sen- sentinel is huge, right? And so is ranged and because you have like tanks actually. Right, like you know? um yeah, then putting, putting then, sentinel. There's items that you can put in your deck that give you sentinel, and yeah, that's I had to um, put on guys. My my dad played leadership, and he had a he had some kind of archer in his um, and of course the tactics core set has Legolas, and he's ranged. Um, and so it's like yeah, if you if you get in on this attack, you can help him if you don't need that damage to deal with your guy, um, kind of stuff. And yeah. we we beat it. Of course, it felt a little you know it's the kind of even though it's not a it's not a live deck builder like most deck builders it still has a kind of engine sort of feel where it takes you a couple rounds to get to get whatever your thing is going to get some uh get some allies out there or whatever get enough resources to play your really strong stuff get some damage on gimli so that he can slap orcs whatever slap orcs <laughs> that's right what, what, wherever i was going with that beat beat so, slap orcs right yeah. so so we did that that was fun um we tried to get another game in but couldn't work it out um we played a game of legendary um that was pr- pretty standard i mean i don't have any expansions for that yet so uh that was the same it's five hey, wait, players wait, so we got be- before we move on i, I guess i wanted to get you we talked a little bit here, but I, I really wanted to get it's I don't want to skip over the fact that you played a multiplayer Lord of the Rings game. How did you feel? Did did you like it? Was it worse? Was it better? I mean, I, I know you mentioned some of the things that you just did and reasons why, but I guess not give it a score per se. But do you like it better than solo? Is it something that you would have bought the game for to play, you know, as a multiplayer game now that it feels like it's a, been a solo player for you? How do you feel about it? I mean, I like having the option of both. Like it, it has a little bit of the, a little bit of the alpha gamer thing, where mm-hmm. you know, I, David and I both were um, explaining to my dad how the the Aragorn Theodrid combo works. Yeah. Um, but part of that is just like you're teaching people the game. That would happen regardless. Yeah. Um, you know, you just there are a lot of there are a lot of complicated mechanics in this game. They're not that complicated, but just stuff that you have to you have to get used to and like read the read the cards and go, oh well this this does this and this this does that. I mean it's there's definitely still a social element to it. Like I've I've played it mostly single player, but I've still like messaged you when stuff happens unless it's right, really, late, really late and oh, I. All right. I don't want to send you a message at like two thirty in the morning, and so I'll save it for the <laughs> next day or something. But um, you still kind of want to, um, you know, talk about it a game like this. And obviously, I've been talking about it on the show since I bought it. But um, if it if it didn't have that single player component, it would be just like any of the other games I have. Like the very the very best, most successful ones are like maybe five minute dungeon, which we played the hell out of one weekend and now it's like, eh, yeah, that was fun, but 
we beat it three times. I don't know that we need to play it again. Um, yeah, right. Or, you know, Legendary, which is which is also popular, but it only, you know, it only comes out of the box twice a year uh, because I don't have a regular a regular gaming group. Right, but, um, but your, your family likes that game, though. I mean, it's pretty fun, right? Yeah, yeah, they do. Um, and so I like that this game can, can be both like it can, I can, I can bust it out the same frequency that I would bust out legendary when we're together and play multiplayer and I can still play it when I'm bored or whatever, uh, a solo. Yeah. Um, so, solo goes considerably faster too. I mean, I, I remember just adding another player was like the the game length went on pretty long and and then adding in multiple like three or four was like sure really sure especially if you if you know or don't know how what you're doing so um the other the other part of that story that i was gonna i i paused to to say that we played legendary which was nothing really noteworthy about that but um after dad and david left um phil my brother-in-law and i played uh, two player and i was like okay well if we're gonna play two player we can uh we can you know break out of these these pre-made decks and so i reconstructed my um leadership lore deck and then i had already sort of taken bjorn's um spirit tactics deck sort of just the the basics of it and and tweaked it a little bit on rings db and so i just assembled that deck for phil to play because i was like he's not gonna he's not gonna want to sit and like he had to he had to do a bunch of stuff clean up and and you know find my my nephew and see what he was up to before we could start and so i was just setting it up and i'm like i'm like yeah i'll just i'll just make this deck i haven't tried it either so um right you know it's whatever and uh and so in that we did um uh what's it called journey down the anduin the second okay just, just the second quest you start with that hill right. troll and i decided for that playthrough instead of not doing um shadow cards that i would do the taking out the elites which are the the cards that have a gold border yeah they make their, it a little harder right their right. encounter icon which include like a card called despair that i forget it just like strips progress off the current quest or something um the treachery card and the second hill troll and the big um like marsh adder the big snake that oh yeah what does it do it like increases your threat by one every time it attacks yeah it's being crazy crazy stuff like that so i was like we'll keep the shadow cards for the randomness but take out these elites to kind of you know make it a little more a little more doable and um and we beat that one there was i don't think there was much remarkable about that though i did get a sense for like um optionally encountering enemies Although we did that a little bit in the first game. That's a thing in single player that you're like, why would I optionally engage an enemy? Like, I like I can sort of conceptually understand when you might want to do that, but I never encountered a situation where I did. 
Well, if you can kill it off in one shot and then, you know, get the progression type thing and, you know, you want it. Right, right. I mean, you still, you know, it still attacks first. Like, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't change the combat. But when you're playing with several people, you're like, oh, okay, the guy that's really good at fighting should basically taunt so that uh, so that it doesn't automatically aggro onto the first player, who's maybe the questing guy. Um, and I think because the my leadership lore deck has the the trap, the forest forest snare. Yeah. Um, I after the first, I think Phil played Gandalf to to damn it to to tank to tank that troll the first time it attacked. And then, uh, and then the next time around, I put the snare on it, and I think one of his guys died. We had some of those tread that that's like necroman- necromancer's reach puts one damage on every exhausted character, um, and that hurt because my my deck is is kind of ally army focused, um, but we made it through one one of his. One of his heroes died. I forget which one, but uh, but it was a good had, time. All right. Yeah, it was it was a good time. We had a pretty good setup. I'm getting I'm getting too too deep in the details. There, <laughs> Say but... deep in the weeds. There, we're we're getting the play by play. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, right. But yeah, it was it was fun times. Fun. Yeah, times. It, was, it was the it was one of the first times that it probably was the first time you played multiplayer with that. So that's that's interesting. Yeah, yeah, interesting it was for sure. To, to talk about was was for sure. All right, so you went you mentioned going to. Um, the the Greenwood store when you were up there to the the game preserve do you mm-hmm. got, do you have like a, a local game store that you enjoy up there that you know you have a moment to say something about on the on the air at all I'm there's, not sure what you have up there yeah there's a there's a place called shoot I'm not gonna remember what it's called oh it can't be that special it's like then. it's like dragons dragons lair or something like that shoot hmm. I'll I'll look it up and put it in show notes. But it, it um, we've got one here called Common Room Games. That's that's really really nice. One of those locally owned places. Indiana has I don't know is is the game preserve a regional thing or is it a countrywide? I I think they store? just I think they just have the three stores and there may be one oh, really? more. But, okay. Uh, yeah. I guess I as always far... saw that the game preserve is a bigger thing, but I guess it's not. Yeah, it's it's fairly local as far as I know. Um, well, it feel, that that store always feels like it's a chain, but it, but it's it's not in a bad way. I mean, it, it's a good game store, and hopefully, other places have game stores like that. So, if you're in Indiana and you get to go buy a game preserve, that's always a nice place to go. But in Bloomington, the Common Room Games is is definitely a great place. It's one of those you go into a place with a local flavor, somebody who has a passion, loves the loves the craft or the the hobby, whatever you might think about it, and and really enjoys it. Um, Shouting out to the common room games is something I, I like doing because um, I don't get to go there enough. Sadly, Amazon still, you know, takes money from me. But um, <laughs> I, I can yeah. I love going there. I love I love taking Sydney there. And I love, you know, asking, talking to the owner who's there all the time and yeah. really great, nice guy who's awesome. And not just will help. He is excited to help me get what I want and you know, be like, it feels like he's your personal game guy. I know that I've yeah. gone and said, do you guys have, do you have this expansion or do you have this? And he's like, <laughs> uh, I don't think I have it, but Hey, let me order it for you and get it for you. And then he gets right. it right away, calls me up lets me know, reminds me, you know, or 
but it's never pushy in one time. It's just, you know, he's one of us type things. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, you know, I, game things. I have bought a lot of stuff from Amazon and got, I get a lot of games on Kickstarter, but yeah, it, I, I think it almost goes without saying, but for sure, if you, if you are fortunate enough to live somewhere where there is a local game store, you should support those guys because they're awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and if the the best things about a lot of these local game stores, and and I only know the ones here in Indiana, but mm-hmm. they almost always do some kind of a gaming events and things like that to help support where they're they're selling magic cards and then they run tournaments or whatnot. Um, those are those are not, you know worth going to. I I played back in a time when I had a long drought of Dungeons and Dragons that I wanted to play some role playing games, and I went and played some at the some pickup type Dungeons and Dragons things. Mm-hmm. And it was, you know, it's really fun. It's an opportunity to get in. And if you're a solo player and, you know, but you still love games and it's the idea of like, oh, I wish I could play that, but I have no friends around me or all of my friends I've grown out of, everyone has grown out of that. Nobody wants to play your local game store. That's, that's a place to go. And they'll have, you know, they're always inviting and fun. And they're people like Gen Con who want you to be in their craft and you can, you know, you'll find friends there, believe it or not, just over time. Yeah. Yeah, just like you. Yep, that's, that's our big plug for for local game stores, right? Yeah. <laughs> so I think um, I think last week you were talking about uh, MMOs, and um, yeah, I'm still a little sad about. That, did uh, right? I? I know you had some you had some troubles with your Guild Wars two account. Did you ever? I still no. I, ne- no, I never no able joy. to get it. Actually, when I was I was kind of passively talking about it with you last night when you were in town. I, it was either you or somebody else that made the comment. You just need to call them, and and I think that's that's what I need to do. I, I mean, call, call support and get your call support well, and, and get it. It's too complicated. I can run you through my experience. It's, there's not too much to say except that um, I was able to go into my email history because I have Gmail and they save everything because they're Google. Um, find my original product key and a new character name because it's a game where your name can have spaces, and so it was one of my original same character names from guild wars one and uh got that downloaded got in and and played for a couple hours a couple days last week um the sort of like good bad thing about guild wars 2 to me is that there it feels like there's a lot of and i'm gonna say boring there's a lot of boring things to do by which I mean they have level scaling. So even if my character is level 20 or level 50, um, I can go to a level 12 zone and my character will have level 12 stats. Right? So you you might get slightly more powerful relative to the zone, but you're still not going to be just one-shotting everything. Um, and then in every zone, there's this completionist list of like, find all of the the viewpoints and find all of the points of interest and do all of the um, karma quests and there's one other one I forget what it is uh, all of the all of the hero point challenges that a lot of them are like jumping puzzles like platformer jumping puzzles yeah um, and so that was fun I I was fortunate enough because I played this game when it was new. And so when I logged back in, I had three characters that I had made. And one of them I had actually played in level the the warrior. I had played up to like level 
52 or something. The cap is 80 now. I don't. I think it was 60 when the game came out. There are at least two expansions now. But all three of those characters had five years worth of birthday presents, right? A lot of games do that where they'll send you, send your character a birthday present in the mail. Oh when, yeah, yeah. When the right. char- when the characters when the characters a year old, and all of those had um, had account bound items that would level you. They're like in WoW they would be called boosters, but it was like on the on the first and second birthdays you got a thing that would level a character to twenty. Third birthday, thirty. Fourth, forty, and fifth birthday an item that would level you to 50. And so I just took and leveled my two low level characters that were like level two and level six or something and just leveled them all the way to 50. I'm like, well, I might as, I might as well. And then they, they also had die unlocks. So I spent a whole afternoon, like picking which dies I wanted to unlock and then dying all the armor, um, all that kind of stuff that, in the short term can really hook me in an MMO, but is never enough to keep me playing it. Yeah, you're, you're, st- you're still not helping me with this whole, uh, you know, dealing with my feelings about wanting to play it. <laughs> you, 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 by so, saying like, oh, I have all this stuff and this great things. and uh, Yeah. Well, so so the, the, the punchline to that story is after like two days of getting on a couple times, I, I thought, I wonder if I merged... If, like, this is my same ArenaNet account, and I still have access to Guild Wars 1, the original first MMO I ever played. And, uh, long story short, I do. And so I installed that. <laughs> I installed that client and got logged back in, and there is all my my harem of original characters, my original uh, Necromancer from, like, 2004 or whatever. And, uh, and so I logged into that game to try it to see if I could still figure out how to play. And, um, you know, it's, it's pretty quiet. Uh, it's, it's hard to tell because as, as I've said before, the world open world is instanced. So as soon as I run outside, I'm in my own, I'm not going to run into other players. Right. Um, but I still had my, like, I knew how to use the, the build because in that game, you just get eight skills. Um, and, like three or four of mine because she was minion master are minion skills you you have to kill something and then raise a minion and then it'll help you kill another thing and then you just keep that rolling because their health decays and i remembered how all that worked because i played that game so much before i got into wow but it like i didn't expect the graphics to be any good and they're yeah you know as i expected but the controls felt really clunky, and I mean, yeah, I, I remember Zahn saying that, that it was. I, w- there was I would expect that. that, you know, here like fifteen years later. Um, but the other, the, the the thing that was sort of nice is that because there's no jumping, um, and the world is essentially two D, you can click to move, and it will path around the terrain and hills and stuff in a way yeah. that. In a way that games still don't do very well in a yeah. in a truly 3D. If a game has auto pathing, which most of them don't, the auto pathing is kind of strange. Like it'll overshoot 
auto run will overshoot and turn too late and get stuck on trees and crap like that. You, you know what? I, I, I want to take a, just a quick sec, just a quick second to shout out for something to give props to a game that does that phenomenally. Um, the Witcher Three. It's the only Witcher game. Well, no, I played another one, but it, it's uh, one of the recent mm-hmm. Witcher games. And you ride a horse, and if you're yep. you're riding the horse, you like you have to kick it, say go, you know, and yep. it goes faster and goes thing. If it, you come close to a trail, it follows the trail and like very intelligently, and it doesn't. It's not like a. It's like jaggy or moving left and right. I mean, it smoothly follows like it's a real horse would do, mm-hmm. and then it, it will follow city streets, and then you can like just kind of ease it to the left if you want to go on a fork, go left or right. And it does the pathing really well um, on its own. That's the only game that I felt like that. Now, I also am playing Horizon Zero Dawn, which has a very similar kind of horse thing where you're riding a horse yep. and it's going really quickly. But it it has some pathing. It feels like it's trying to do that. Mm-hmm. But the, you're, you do get stuck on little things like, like a, yeah. a fence post and, and things like and that's, that. And, and that's, that's, that's been like, my that's experience. That's typically They, they had it in, um, in Black Desert Online. And they have it in um, the new Assassin's Creed game, uh, uh, Origins. Yeah. And they both feel kind of that way, like, most of the time it's fine. But if you're running too fast, like, it'll overshoot a turn and, like, maybe get stuck on a tree or something. It's kind of frustrating. Yeah, right, right. Right. Well, the... the, the um, yeah, I mean, th- those, those auto-run kind of type things suck in some games but i guess that guild wars was since it wasn't a jump it wasn't kind of a you just stick to the ground and they can pass that out yeah uh, it was 2d but, so it would it just knew you know it could it could algorithm right. around and it Ta- talking about game mechanics that don't that don't hold up i had a couple of years ago i decided to reinstall everquest like the first everquest because mm, nostalgia mm-hmm. and it's free to play for so much um which right. was immediately neat logging in and seeing my character. I, I was a little disappointed that that game's been out something like 20 years. And, you know, it, it had one moment where it had a, they did a huge graphical upgrade, but they've mm-hmm. not done that since. And it looks mm. basically exactly the same, which was yeah. neat for nostalgia. Um, and sure. for for 10 minutes, the game was was really cool and exciting to me. And then all of a sudden... Those clunky things that you mentioned in Guild Wars immediately jumped right to the forefront, and that everything about the game mechanics was awful and old school, yeah. like old school. You, you think you think Mario Brothers and Super Mario Brothers is old school? You don't know MMOs old school. <laughs> I mean, that, that it's painful. When, to, yeah, when you've painful. got when when you're playing a a game that's over ten years old on a you know not state of the art, but like a game that on, on a system that can play new games and yeah. the old game has like frame rate spikes yeah. because something in what it's doing is still so old and and poorly optimized that even on a new machine on 2018 internet connection it's still a little bit laggy you're like yeah that's it's nothing compared to a to super nintendo no, no, you know, but but when you when you play like a Super Nintendo game, those games are still pretty fun. Like literally, I, mm-hmm. I mentioned Link, uh, Zelda: Link to the Past. There's games that I play almost every year still, and um, Metroid, and they're still mechanically they're fun. That you can play them and pick them, and it feels good and natural and good. But you you go back and play earlier MMOs where 
oddly enough, the belief was is that torture and pain for the user was a positive experience, <laughs> and that's part of the thing. And we laugh at it now, but that's true. I mean, the 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 vision for uh, SOE and Sony back in then was that you know you have to have things to make the players feel bad, so that when you have the good things, they feel good. Um, and, yeah, and, and I mean that's not wow. you know I I I laugh, but then that's not wrong. It's just you have to you have to figure out a way to balance it. I've been thinking about this a lot in the last couple of days, uh, particularly right, but it because it was wide swinging back then. It was like real bad stuff. You had oh to yeah, sit yeah. And waste ten minutes Re- of your time to get Re- really 50 bad stuff. Of and um, one of the one of the podcasts I listened to because I've you know spent sixteen hours in the car in the last week driving, um, talked about the uh, sort of like the different dopamine receptors and and whatever like the experience of of winning or succeeding at something um and it reminded me of our conversation we had trotsky on talking about mobile games and because because you know trotsky as as an entrepreneur and whatever other aspects of his personality is much less like risk averse or failure averse as as um you and I are. Yeah. And so to, to him, he's like, oh, well, if you, you know, losing should just make you, should just motivate you to try something different, try something harder, or, or you know, try harder or try something different. To, it should like invigorate you. And I'm like, yeah, sometimes it does. But other times I just want to quit and go do something else that I can win at. Um. And so I think that's why modern games have more of these, and not all of them, I'm generalizing, but um, a lot of modern games, especially mobile games where they're trying to hook people into spending money, um, have these like, not quite rewards, but more like consolation things like boxes that you put in the unlock queue timer or like a daily quest or something like that where... Even if you lose the match, maybe you made progress on your daily quest or something, and so you still get a little bit of that of that win feeling. Um, which, for better or for worse, you know, for for a game company, they want people to play the game. So, you know, yeah, making people making people less likely to quit in frustration is good for. The health of the game in general i think yeah i had what speaking of the everquest one and, and some of the, those bad things is that when i loaded up the game and i'm playing it i'm like okay let's go out and fight a little bit let's just do a little mm. bit of this combat and see what mm-hmm. you know what it was and and they hadn't they hadn't granted i'm sure they have a team of what maybe 10 people but right. over 20 years or 15 years since i've played it was the idea that like so little has changed and so much monumentally has changed through the, the time through the world of, of games and MMOs that, yeah. you know, you'd think that you'd think that a team of someone would be playing other stuff and say, okay, we need to change these fundamental things about our game and in, you know, speed step up. For example, in EverQuest, notoriously, one of the things you used to have to do is sit to get mana back. Like you would just sit. Initially, you had to stare mm. at your spell book, at the spell book inventory screen <laughs> and do nothing until you slowly, and I am not exaggerating, 10 minutes 
to fill your bar up. And then you would go and fight one skeleton and use your entire mana bar and then sit again sit for and, 10 and minutes. Recharge. It's, it's like in the early days of WoW when mages always had to be stopping to drink or eat. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So, so, so the idea is that like that that's that's stupid and inane and and dumb. And why can't they take that out? Well, they still haven't. You still have to sit. You don't just look at your spell book. You can look at the world, but but you just have to sit there for ten minutes. And yeah, it, it, because not, they're, they put it's tons not of a mechanics challenge. in the game. And, it's not a challenge yeah. to overcome. It's just a tedium. Yeah, and and they they have chosen that this kind of stuff is what makes EverQuest ever. Quest great, so I guess well, that's yeah. the and long if there short are, of us saying that if old there games are still put. Yeah, if there are still people playing that game, they don't want that change. Yeah, right? you're probably right. You're probably right. You know, the the other side of that is that I I would argue that an MMO can evolve, and I think Warcraft World of Warcraft is a perfect example sure. of that. Some people really complain. I was one of them when a new expansion would come out and completely change your character, completely change mechanics, and make it be. Mm-hmm. It's like you just, it felt like you were starting from scratch every expansion. And it kind of drove me away a bit. I wasn't, a new one came out and I was, I think it was uh, the Mist of Pandara. And I was like, I just, I'm not, it took me this amount of time to invest in this character and I don't want to have to do it all over again. And I've done it yeah. two or three times before. Pe- um, but people deal with credit, that in different ways. Right. But to their credit, that's, that's why they're still good. And that's why you can still go back to WoW and it still feels kind of modern because they have, change their game to continue to evolve unlike well some yeah of the they're not gonna MMOs that don't they're not gonna stay in the place where um you know back in back when i played in burning crusade there were certain specs that were just n- not useful for anything like they might be okay pvp specs but like nobody ever played you know uh marksmanship hunter and nobody ever played um whatever elemental shaman i'm just pulling those randomly but and like to make to make the different specs viable and to make it like you know it's normalized right so like in the old days if you wanted um heroism or bloodlust depending on hoarder alliance it's the same thing it's a big uh temporary haste boost that you give to the whole raid you had to have a shaman like always and now um mages have a similar spell that does the same thing and hunters if they have a certain pet a beast mastery hunter can do can do the same thing and from a certain mindset you look at it and you're like it's kind of like it's it's lame or it's watered down or whatever but realistically what it means is you know, if I played a hunter in Burning Crusade and I play a hunter now in Legion, which I have done both, I feel like my character is more useful. Like, I bring something more than just DPS to the table. If I queue yeah. into a random into a random five-man and we don't have a mage or a shaman, I'm like, okay, when we get to the last boss, I can swap out pets at the beginning, blow the, um, it's called like, ancient hysteria or something but it's literally the same spell as uh um heroism and then we have that we have that extra damage um and that if it feels i don't know that aspect of it feels good and i guess that's where i was going with the whole like little little victories in in daily quests and stuff like that it's the you know does it 
does it feel good or does it does it feel bad? And that's really reductionist. But, you know, what I imagine what you're talking about, like, sit and stare at the book for 10 minutes to let your mana recharge, that doesn't feel good. It's, it's and, no fun. It's no fun, right? But but it's. I wish that, that they would give up... Um, I wish they would give up on the, the oh this this is what quarterly makes a game a game and I mean mm. you can't they they went on ahead and made an EverQuest two which I get that's probably their their next thing that they should you know focus on that one or three but um and, and then just keep the preserve the old game as it is maybe maybe that sort of thing but I don't know it, it's it's some of those rose colored glasses that you look back on and say that game was great and and I'm happy with it being what it is the most fun that i did have when i went back and played that some of those games was running through the old zones and appreciating those kind of things sure that was that was the most fun yeah just get a little bit of that a little bit of that nostalgia because that game is not you know i mean if it stayed the same then it is what it was 10 years ago and you're a different person now and the world of gaming is a different world than it than it was um yeah it just uh it just moves on. Well, anyway, after that little bit of maudlin uh, fatalism, <laughs> let's let's take just a second for good news, everyone. Yeah, let's get some good news in here because so I totally forgot I, about that. I've, you know, we've been doing this for months, I think now, and I still forget. We, every week. Just just forget every week. Yeah, um, I, I should plan this. I should plan something like I got to do a good news, but good news is good. Let's, let's start with you. We didn't even talk about Drake's house this week. You didn't get to do any of that. Is any of your good news? Um, I went over Tuesday of last week, and I think all I managed to do was yard work, you know, mow the lawn. Well, that's uh, not good news. Because it's, cause it's, there has been a ton of rain. I talked about rain last week uh, on our good news segment, and so I'm sure I'll have to go tomorrow afternoon over there and uh, and mow again. It's that, it's that time of yeah. year. Um, right. we, we got a guy from our church who has some, has some spare time after his, his day job that he's going to be coming over and, and working for us a little bit. Um, particularly while dad is down in Florida helping David with his project. Um, yeah. so hopefully that will, that will kickstart some of these, some of these other things. I have a relatively short list of things I need to do on the second floor so that I can set up my desk over there and start going over there at least during the day when I work because the internet's faster and then I'll already be there and I can, you know, work on some of the, some of the smaller stuff like trim and, uh, and whatever. And that's been, that's been sort of my short-term goal for, uh, for a while. And it's, it's finally looking like it might be there, you know, at the, at the at the near horizon uh actually actually possibly <laughs> happening so i guess that's that's pretty good i mean i have a long list of of things the, in the past week like um went and saw that movie and i had low expectations and it was and it and it exceeded those low expectations so uh there's that's that the, 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 the solo movie um yep playing uh did you see it solo uh, no, F- Phil and, and <laughs> my youngest sister and I went and saw it. But we found a, we found out that the theater in their town just recently started serving beer, so uh, so so we got we got a, a can of a can <laughs> it's of a craze. Today. It's a craze. It's a craze. Yeah, we went yeah. to a um, uh, I 
I don't know how deep I want to get on this tangent. We went to a brewery called Asgard in that town. They had mm-hmm. um, they had half off growlers. Uh, Did you Memorial, have to take Memorial a Rainbow Day. Bridge to get there? I made that joke a couple times, and and uh, I think it only landed once. Um, <laughs> but we did that we got like six dollar growler fills which was sweet um oh, nice. i picked up uh a random podcast this is i'm I, i'm deliberately going down a rabbit trail here but um, <laughs> you are it's this is the good news called, the good news it's called the nor i think it's called northern lord no northern mists myths northern myths so they're reading. They're two guys reading from and discussing the uh, Norse um, mythological. Well, the texts are not mythological, but their their texts, their poetic uh, eddas and stuff like that. It's the only. It's the main written. It's like the Norse version of the Bible. Okay. Right. Right. It's like Homer's Odyssey for the Greeks, um, and in they're they're just going through the first chapter so it's a lot of like um their their creation and their you know the origins of odin and all that stuff but at one point they go through a couple verses that are just a list of dwarf names and i don't know how much we talked about this on the show a couple weeks ago when i was talking about tolkien but they're running through these this list of dwarf names and like I think I heard at least two thirds of Tolkien's dwarf names in this list. Oh, <laughs> is that like, right? Like Thorin and Bomber and I think Keely and Feely. Oakenshield was in there. And I'm That's like nice. I'm like, oh, did Tolkien just lift these dwarf names straight he out of totally Norse mythology? Did. That's kinda weird. Of course he did. Of course he did. Tur- turns he out did. he turns out he's just he's just another uh, Marvel, you know, cultural pro- appropriation. No, not really. <laughs> right, right, right. They're like, yeah, so, it's this guy, and he's the god of thunder, and, and not yeah, really. So uh, my good news, I mean, there's like you said, there's a lot of things that you could do yeah. this week for stuff. But I had, I, I got to see Deadpool two. I got to see Solo. Oh. I, I enjoyed Deadpool two as my uh, equal to as much as that. I like Deadpool one. I I still uh, haven't seen that yet. That's not not better, but not worse. It's about the same, which I liked Deadpool one, so that's good. Sure, sure. And and uh, the um, other thing was, I, I said I got I mentioned I got to go to the winery this weekend, which was really great with a, with a good friend. Mm-hmm. And uh, so good good times. I, I played my Horizon Zero Dawn. You know, every time you get to play some video games, uh, it's always good. And uh, I got t- talked into uh, Factorio, uh, joining the Factorio. Yeah. Have, have you have you gotten on that? I have not. So we'll have to talk about that next week. That's true. That's going to be a thing that we work through. Uh, but we are running a little long on time already. So how about we? Our uh, weekly challenge. Weekly challenge. So this past week's challenge was to rewatch or perhaps rewatch is the wrong word. To watch the remastered, re-edited fourth season of Arrested Development, the Netflix semi-original series. There's a lot of qualifiers in that statement. <laughs> last, last paragraph. Um, so you you sort of explained this last week, but the 
guy who whoever it was that made this this season recognized it as kind of a train wreck or flop if we want to be a little, a little more diplomatic um, I, I would agree with that and so and so he went back and edited together the uh various scenes with the actors who were all too busy to um film together in one place and in the original cut of of the season they told like the same like each episode focused on a character and so you ended up seeing the same scene from a different perspective episode after episode which just just added to the list of like weird off-putting things about a fourth season made 10 years after the original that still takes place right after right like they didn't move forward in time 10 years in the story but everybody is all the actors are 10 years older so for you know the the older one jeffrey tambor and uh and jessica walter like they don't look that much different but um the younger like michael Sarah and um a couple of the others even um jason bateman to an extent and especially uh Portia de Rossi they look so different that you're like okay I'm, I'm too I'm too distracted by that to even be paying attention to the story here but um so before I don't know after saying all that mm-hmm. uh anybody f- first of all if you haven't seen Arrested Development and you like things that are funny go, go watch it. <laughs> that's right Go watch it. Go and on. then and at least watch the first three seasons. And then, you know, take take, the a, four, take, take yeah. a break, take a grain of salt, whatever, and, and maybe give the give the remastered fourth season a try. The original edits of of the fourth season are available, but they're like in a in a bonus features area, kind of tucked away with the trailers. Yeah. I, I um, found those. I found those. But so what did you uh so so we'll say that if you haven't seen it, pause it, then come sure, back. Sure. So what do you think what 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 do you think about this? Well the you're right. If if you're gonna if you're gonna watch the you know the all of the seasons, then watch the remastered and don't watch the other ones. Um not that they're not that they're any different, it's the same thing. I mean that's that's mm-hmm. kind of my beef about watching this a little bit. I, I wanna mention here is that it doesn't really change much like the storyline's still the same. It's a little bit more coherent, but yeah, that's, it's that's just what I was kind g- of a mess in general. I was gonna say they they fixed one big problem with it, but all the other problems are still there. Yeah, it really is, and and it, things aren't. There's no real flow to the season at all. I don't feel any cohesion in what's happening, and then it jumps from storyline to storyline, very similar to the other one. Granted, the first time before the remaster the normal version they were intercutting things with we really weird juxtaposition and you couldn't tell what was going on half the time and then you'd think oh i think that would have callbacks which didn't make a lot of sense so this one doesn't have that where you can actually know the storyline that's happening but because the way it's written the storylines are short and weird and Mm -hmm. don't they're not always funny and they just jump (laughs) they don't they don't elaborate on them uh, they'll, like they'll mention um, Buster's uh, has an affair with Lucille too, and right. 
I, one, I swear there was more to it than what they showed this in this remastered one. And two, they just if they're not, they just didn't spend enough time at all. It was like a scene. Also, the the thing that I don't like with this remastered is that it seems like uh, to make things more understood by, for the audience, they had Ron Howard go back and narrate a ton, and it's just a lot of exposition from him. He's Ron Howard mm. is the narrator. Um, so I mean, I'll I'll do the thing you always do and interject there for a second. Yeah, I think I. Th- I don't think that's unusual for this show. Like that was okay. a thing that seemed odd to me. Maybe not the first time I watched the show, but definitely the second time I watched it because in the third season, they start really breaking the fourth wall. It's like they're, you know, they're on the verge of getting canceled, which of course they do get canceled and they mm-hmm. do more and more like, like, you know, at, at one point Ron Howard literally says, you know, tell your friends about this show, please. Um, <laughs> right, right. I remember that. And it seemed odd to me that this is a show, this is a comedy with a lot of self-referential humor. Like, you really have to know, like, what's happening and what the relationships between these characters and these storylines are to get the jokes. When they when they do callbacks and they, you know, they do runners that just keep popping up. Like, you have to be paying attention and you have to really have seen all of it. But... Ron Howard narrates as if you've just picked it up for the first time. It's like um, like reality TV, like certain kinds of reality TV where they explain the show after every commercial break. It's like almost that level of narration. It's very funny. And, you know, maybe that's part of it. It's like self-aware. But I, at times I found myself wondering, like, what is the point of him explaining stuff we already know? Because if you are just picking this show up in the middle of season three, you're lost. You're not getting this comedy. You're not getting any of these jokes anyway. Um, so I don't, I don't think that was unusual. The thing that was a little off-putting to me about this remastered, and I don't know if the original, because I, I burned through season four when it was new and generally disliked it. And then at yeah. some point a couple years ago, I rewatched it a little slower and could see, you know, there there were some funny parts. Like there were things in it that were funny. Um, yeah. And so and so this time watching through it, I'm like, okay, I already know where all these storylines are going. But there are a couple of points where I don't know if they like if they got the actors to re-record some audio or something. But there are these moments where somebody's talking and it almost sounds like their voice is is dubbed over do you know what i'm yeah, talking right. about totally totally and i don't know what that was yeah i, I don't i think that was they, they, i i had read some reviews and they were talking about the remastered version and they had said like that that uh in the non-remastered version the reviewer had said that he noticed those things too just in the normal season four and that mm. how they had cut things together and they had because of scheduling and they, they couldn't do things and it just was bad dubbing or bad CG or bad yeah. you know, things. And it that was more parts of what made it bad. And I just think those just transferred on continue on. Um, so I guess the, the bottom line of all this is that it it's fine and it's a little different. It might make it one point better on the scale of 10, but it's still kind of a mess. You know, yeah, and, I mean it's and, not. Uh, yeah, it's not Kingdom of the Crystal Skull bad, <laughs> as far as part fours go. 
But uh, I think that they're working on a season five. Right. I, I yeah, I, that's what I hear. Sure that I that I saw that somewhere. So it's, yeah, we'll the, see. The, yeah, I hope so. So I'm assuming that at some point we we may or may not finish this. But let's. Um, I think we decided to finally take a break from the Netflix originals for our weekly challenges and um, do something a little different. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So what, what we're going to do with this is I, right. I really like the idea of seeing old shows that, that I like and that I want to share with someone. Um, like my kid, I do it a lot. Um, sure. Things that I liked when I was a kid or young. And I have very nostalgic feelings. And today we talked about like uh, video games. Just, know, just, old just like old MMOs, pop, right. pop the VHS in. The, the kids listening right. won't know what VHS is, but pop right. the VHS but, in and see if it holds up. Yes. And that's what we plan on doing. But for a couple of these, we're, we're hoping that we can do like a show that maybe I've seen and I have good good things about, but you've never seen. Or you've seen and really liked the idea of it when you watched it and hadn't seen it in years and want to rewatch it. And then I, I've not seen it, and so I can go back and watch it. And then we'll okay, come back so, next week and we'll, we'll so, talk about so it. So are we gonna are we going to do like we did with books where I've got a movie for you and you have one for me and we'll compare it? Or are we going to watch the same thing? I think we should watch the same thing because, because hopefully these old things – uh, we can talk about how whether they held up, whether they're still as good as we remember, um, and yeah, that'll we'll have, somewhat reinforce we'll have a our feelings uh, or not. Yeah, we'll have a different sort of report when we come back because, you know, I'll have I'll have thoughts seeing it for the first time, something that's old, and you'll have thoughts right. seeing it again. Right. Like so for what, example, uh, I, I know the Matrix. Like I'd watched the Matrix not mm, too long ago, and and it does not hold up well at the, all the cg cgi doesn't hold up there. Oh, especially really, really bad especially in the uh the second and third ones oh, yes. travesties anyway but yes right so so anyway that's an example of one that let's say perhaps we would go back and say hey let's watch that again it doesn't necessarily always have to be ones that we've not one of us has not seen but i, I like the idea that we can go back and 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 you know look at our actual take our glass rose-colored glasses off and and look at these and and, and watch them so I was thinking okay. that this week we would watch Highlander, like the mm. original. There can you know be what I'm talking about? One. Yeah, that's the. There can be only I, one. I know. I know the. I know some of the lines, and and that's, that's about <laughs> it. Well, it, it's got. It's good. It's got some. I mean, again, I think it's good. It's not been a long time since I've seen it, but Scotland and the, I, I. I watched all the shows and loved all the movies. I mean, I even didn't care. I mean, I didn't care that two was vi- reviled by everybody. I liked it enough. Mm. Um, so that'd be a good one to go watch. And have you seen that one or not? No, I think, I think maybe I saw the beginning of it. Like probably it was on at Scotty's during Gen Con or something like that. Um, but I've never sat down and watched it. Well, let's make that our thing. Okay. So that's on, what is it on? Is it on Amazon prime? That is right. Yes. It is. Okay. We're got a little bit of lag here with the storm it's still raining outside so still raining out there okay right. so that's good i think that's that's going to wrap us in a nice timeline here and yeah. get our going yeah. for next week okay i'm excited yeah. changing off these crazy originals good stuff <laughs> yeah take take a break from this this wild west of of netflix originals right right all right well you have been listening to the front porch episode 40 we're, we're almost to 50. 
and I think 50 is our one year or 52 I guess we 52 is one year 52 we'll have to we'll have to do a clip show or something (laughs) <laughs> that's right eight clip shows no clip shows we'll, we'll figure something out special thanks as always to our friends over at geek scholars movie news yeah, our cool. website is frontporchpodcast.com if you go there you can find show notes links for this episode along with our contact information we love hearing from listeners if yep. you enjoy the show you can subscribe on apple podcasts or anywhere podcasts are found while you're there if you leave us a review that helps us out a lot thanks again for listening and until next time i'm dennis And I'm Michael. For the front porch. Good night, everybody. Night, guys.